Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dylan. You know our friend of the show, Julian Barr? I do. I do. Lovely man. Yeah, you know the guy who made our show like really smart a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for a, for a brief fleeting moment, that episode. Yeah. Well, Julian has opened up an editing business as part of his creative writing career. Pretty cool, hey? Oh, yeah. Sounds it. I can, uh, I can personally attest that Julian is really adept when it comes to helping with creative writing. Uh, he's helped me with some projects, and now he's doing, he's doing proofreading, he's doing manuscript assessment, story development editing, and even historical fact-checking. If that's something you're in need of, well, Julian bars your man. Hello. Sounds good to me. Do it. Uh, Julian, he didn't even ask for his plug. I just wanted to let people know. So that shows you how good he is. So, so he's not paying us? Uh... He's paying us by being on the show again sometimes. <laughs> Classing up the joint. Oh, I, I guess I'll take it. I would have preferred a hanji, but you know. <laughs> uh, details in our show notes. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of I Miss You, Man. <laughs> we sing it now, don't we, Don't we do that? Oh, we have to, don't we? <laughs> You've set the precedent. Uh, my name is Lonnie Gilroy. I'm here with Dylan, the man, Alice. How are you doing today, Dylan? Official, official middle name. I'm great, Lonnie. How you about pumped? yourself? Oh, good. mate. Are you ready for a long one? Oh, goodness sake. Yes. <laughs> All week I've been um, telling Dylan it's going to be a really long episode, so he's, he's curious, I think, to work out what that means. Well, I just want to see what topic could possibly take up more time than the Twin Cities episode. That's <laughs> that's what I want to know. Dylan, how would you describe this podcast to any beautiful new listeners we might have? Oh, well, Lonnie, it's a podcast about you and I being together, staying in touch, and basically it's about us missing each other, hence the name. And basically each week we take each other through different topics and that could be anything, Lonnie. There's no limits. Life, pop culture, everything in between. Thank you, Dylan. And thank you, our beautiful listeners. And that's all of you. Everybody who listens to this show is very beautiful. Oh, yeah. Mum and Will, mm, love <laughs> yous. Um, it is my turn this week to take us on our journey. Mm. And today that journey starts back in time. Ooh, okay. Dylan Hallis, where were you and what were you doing between Tuesday the 22nd of June and Thursday the 24th of June 2010? Probably at school, right? Yeah, well, we Both were in year 11. Yeah, yeah. Probably doing some legal studies. Well, I was um, going to say that. It was the last week of term two for us. I looked yeah. it up. Yeah, was that when you uh, made me fail that legal studies assignment by getting me hooked on Google Pac-Man? Was that it? Is that when you neglected all personal responsibility? Yeah, maybe. Mm, Your fault. (laughs) I passed, so. Yeah, well, it was a sabotage mission, wasn't it? (laughs) So that's what we were doing. Um, Well, over these three days in 2010 in London, England, can you please guess what John Eisner and Nicholas Mahout were doing? Uh, playing Scrabble. Ooh, almost. <gasps> Not Scrabble. Here's the thing, Dylan. If these guys were film actors, they would be in Amra Ekta Cinema Banabu, which in English is called The Innocence, which, according to Wikipedia, is the longest non-experimental film ever made. How long do you reckon this film is? 20 hours. Oh, close. It's oh. 1,265 minutes, which is a bit over 12, uh, 21 hours. 
<gasps> I was close. You were close. Usually I overshoot by a mile. But... Yeah. Okay. But they didn't do that. Okay. That's not them. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Another hint, Dylan. Maybe if they were a little, little, little less prestigious, they'd be on TV and they'd be on Coronation Street, which is the longest running soap opera of all time. Have you ever seen any Coronation, Coronation Street, Dylan? No, I've never heard of it. Well, it started in 1960 and mm-hmm. it has had uh, 10,260 episodes at the time of writing my notes. So they've probably done a few more since then. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, fun fact, Wikipedia lists the opening theme um, in their little you know, information box. Um, for Coronation Street, the theme is called Coronation Street Theme. Very apt title. Very apt. You wouldn't have that for another show, would you? No. No, why would you? No. Back to long things, Dylan. Oh, hello. We're talking about John Eisner and Nicholas Mahout, but if we were talking about Sridhar Chilal, who would be talking about Dylan? What do you reckon his long claim to fame is? <laughs> I think I'm getting the theme of the episode. <laughs> um... Oh, no. Longest book ever written? Oh, we'll be getting to that in a little bit, but okay. this guy has the longest fingernails in the world. Gross. <laughs> well, he did. He had them, Ooh. right? Um, in a couple of years ago, I'm not sure exactly when, he uh, had them cut off. <gasps> now, you're wondering Heresy. why... You wonder why he had them in the first place. I'm sure. <laughs> That's the question on my mind, Lonnie, yes. Well, he told the Guardian when they were cut off that a teacher told him off when he was accidentally he actually broke a long nail the teacher had grown. Don't know how? Yeah. Bit weird. The teacher told Chalal that he wouldn't understand the kind of care it took not to break a long nail unless he did it himself. This is the uh, the epitome of that Michael Jordan and I took that personally mean. <laughs> very, very very much so. So, yeah, he for 66 years, he grew these nails out and they got to a combined length of 29 feet and 10 inches, which is about 9 metres, which is as long as a bus. Well, with the nails, because I think I've seen some either in Ripley's Believe It or Not or Guinness World Records, don't they, like, end up curling inside Yeah, themselves? they do curl. And yeah. it's funny you mentioned Ripley's because uh, when they cut these nails off with a power tool... Oh, jeez. Well, I know, right? Um, they, they're now on display in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Times Square. Gross. Yeah, no. you can go see them. No, no. Why would you? Filthy. Ew. <laughs> Have you been to Ripley's at the Gold Coast? Yeah, yeah. Pretty it's good, right, eh? Mate. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I tried to look up why people actually grow their nails long, but I couldn't really find any reasons. I just think it's creepy. Oh, yeah, 100%. It accomplishes nothing. And you can't do anything. You can't sleep properly. It's just... Oh, yeah. How do you go to the bathroom? I just... Yeah, yeah I know. Ooh. A bidet? Yeah, I guess so. Let's not think about it, okay? <laughs> okay, some more long things before we get to topic. Okay. Quick fire round. The world's longest meat hot dog measured 203 metres. Okay. Nothing to say well, to that? No, <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a long it's a long hot dog. Uh, I'll say stuff about it. That is long, Lonnie. That's very long. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's so long. <laughs> it's longer than any meat dog you've ever had before. Meat dog, hot dog. <laughs> I just realised they've said it's the longest meat hot dog. I guess to, in case there's ever a, a non meat hot dog out there that's longer. Yeah, like a Beyond Meat hot dog, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd a veggie that. dog. Now, on Wikipedia, it's kind of weird on about this hot dog that was made by Novex in Paraguay in 2011. Mm. Um, there's this section called Technical Challenges. Yeah. And it begins as thus, Dylan. Okay. Creating a long hot dog is not much of a feat. This is because the hot dog is structurally quite sound and remarkably flexible. Mm-hmm. I still think a 203-metre hot dog is pretty remarkable, personally. Oh, yeah. So is it It stayed, like, the same girth and diameter of a normal hot dog, I'm 
Yeah, they go on to say that I think the hard part is actually getting the bun that long, which makes sense, I guess, because the meat you can just sort of get a long, you know, factory line sort of um, situation, but the the bread has to go all the way around it to get the hot dog, I guess. But it kind of reads to me as if, like, it's the guys who tried and failed to win the world record, and then now Wikipedia being like, it's actually not that impressive when you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Still, pretty long. Longer than I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. But Eisner and Mahout were not there, as far as I know. Wow. The longest steel roller coaster, Don, okay. <laughs> is in Japan, and it's called the Steel Dragon 2000. Oh, sick name. <laughs> it's a pretty good name, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It was built in the year 2000. Makes sense. <laughs> as much the... as anything? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Steel Dragon 2000, so... Ah, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's in the Nagashima Spa Land Theme Park. And it is 2,479 metres long. Jesus. How long does it take for one ride? I, I didn't find that out, but I think oh. probably a week. Overshooting. Too long? Yeah, too long. <laughs> too long. Um, I don't like roller coasters. I've never actually been on one, but that oh. sounds pretty long to me. Well, you've never been on a roller coaster? Mm, define roller coaster, I suppose. I think I went on like... You know, the teacups as a kid at the show or something, but not a roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at all. So yeah, you haven't been on the cyclone at Dreamworld or I've never been in Dreamworld. What are you? I'm not what fun, Bill. You? you know this about me. <laughs> I don't do fun things. So you, have you ever been to a theme park at all? Yeah. Just <laughs> don't come on the rides. <laughs> Goodness sake. Okay, sure. You do you. I, I will do me, Dylan. Okay. So, Eisner and Mahout, as far as I can tell, have never actually been on that roller coaster. But they might have. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Is this annoying you yet? Do you just want to get to the story? Oh, come on. You could never annoy me, Lonnie. Well, our listeners know the theme already because they, they know the title of the show, but you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> never thought about it that way. Okay. Well, he's going to be here no matter what, so that's fine. Our listener is going to be here... For us, no matter what we do. Okay. A few people, Dylan, have claimed to have written the longest sentence ever. Who? Who dares make these claims? Well, it's kind of a nebulous term because theoretically the sentence could just keep going forever and ever. So can you really say you've written the longest one? You could just write just words nonstop. Just don't put apostrophes or full stops. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And do you think that's what Eisner and Mahout were doing in 2010? Surely not, Lonnie. Surely no. not. There have been some books, though, that are basically one sentence long. There's one called Solar Bones by Mike McCormack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ducks, Newbury Port by Lucy Ellman. My favourite title of the longest um, one-sentence book is This Book is the Longest Sentence Ever Written and Then Published <laughs> by Dave Cowan. And okay. it really satisfyingly has had 1,100,000... 000... Wait, how do I say this? 1,100,000. 1,100,000. Do you mean 111,000? 111,000. <laughs> and then 111 words. Yeah, that's right. One, one, one. One, one, one. Thank you. Very pleasing. Hard to say, though. Or growing the longest nails, or even the longest running soap opera, or the longest film. Okay. What do you think we're going to be talking about today? The longest penis. Okay. <laughs> okay, no. Dylan. Wrong. Make it a bit crass all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I don't know where you're going with it, Lonnie. You're throwing me everywhere. You're throwing me about all over the place. <laughs> You've got no idea what's going to happen next, do you? I'm zigging, I'm no. zagging. You zoom and you booming. Got nothing. My friend Dylan, John Eisner, and Nicholas Mahout played the longest game of professional tennis ever. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty impressive. We're going to be talking about that really long tennis match, which is the title of this episode. I missed you the longest tennis match. Yep. Okay, sure. Are you ready? I think so. I think so. Now... 
a long that really long tennis match. That's kind of all I knew about it. I knew that this happened. Um, I remember it occurring. I remember like it was on the news and stuff, but didn't really know any details of it. Have you ever heard of this before? No, never. I live under a rock. Okay, so that's what I looked into, and it's probably the last big deep dive I can do for a little while. So strap yourself in, okay? Mm. First of all, Dylan, what's your relationship with tennis? Are you a big fan? Oh, I like it. Uh, I like playing it more than um, than watching it, kind okay. of like golf in that sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoy it. Um, we used to do uh, uh, a Queen's birthday and then we moved, I think we moved to Australia Day weekends, uh, tennis tournaments at my auntie's house. She used to have a tennis court. So, and I won the last tournament there before she moved. So, so you're the, like the eternal champion. Yeah. Me, me and my stepdad, Gary. That's all right. Nice. Good work, Dream Gary. Team. <laughs> yeah. Good bloke. Great bloke. Do you know the basics of tennis then? I guess you do if you're a tennis champion yes uh, the point system's weird uh zero is called love um my uncle can't umpire for shit um <laughs> yeah he said there was an out when it was clearly in on the the last match i still might forgive him for that but that's all right well did you know that there's actually a sport called real tennis as opposed to fake tennis, fake tennis. It's yeah. the, the real, no it's real tennis and it's kind of the original tennis it's um, oh. played inside. It's a bit more like racquetball. Mm. Um, and tennis, as we know it, is like lawn tennis. They, they took it outside and did it on some grass, but then obviously different surfaces as well. So it's derivative. Yeah, the tennis we all know and love isn't real tennis, you know. Um, it seems pretty complicated, this real tennis. I'm not sure why they still play it because it's, I don't know, they can't even film it. Apparently it's like not even TV friendly or anything like that. So it's just... <laughs> That's what why it's mean? never really taken off because it's like in, inside on a weird court. Oh. Um, but I think it's kind of funny. There's this sport, like the real tennis is called real tennis. I'm like tennis, everyone knows. Very weird to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you might have guessed that Eisner and Mahout were at Wimbledon because they're playing in London. Mm-hmm. And that's um, pretty much the you know, the peak of tennis. They want everyone wants to win and everyone wants to play out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great movie too. Paul Bettany. One of the best movies ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Now, who are these blokes? I hear you ask. <laughs> Do you want me to ask? <laughs> if, if you if you if you play, you would, yeah. Okay. Who are these blokes? <laughs> oh, thanks, Dylan. Thanks for that, for that prompt. Let's start with John. Eisner. Okay. Why not? He's American. He's from the beautiful state of North Carolina, and he went to the same high school as Ken Jeong. Oh, okay. I, I don't think at the same time though. Oh. The school is called Walter Hines Page Senior High School, for those of you who are very interested in that level of detail, which I'm sure you are. Uh, after school, he went to the University of Georgia, and the good sentence on Wikipedia about his early life is this. Eisner is the youngest of three boys and has two older brothers. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so at the time of our really long match, um, back in 2010, he was in his mid twenties and he'd been on the professional circuit, um, since 2007. He'd, um, won some minor competitions. He'd done pretty well. Um, he's well enough to do the Grand Slams, obviously. Yeah, sure. Um, into the tournament, he went ranked, uh, number 19 in the world. There are a lot of tennis players out there. That's pretty great if you ask me. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, and since then he is ranked as high as eighth in the world. I um I reckon we'd be pretty happy if we were the eighth best podcast, don't you reckon? Oh, I'd take that. Yeah. Take, imagine yeah. the HelloFresh spawns would get there, Dylan. Oh mate, how like we'd be HelloFreshing. Yeah, we'd be NordVPN, and there'd be no stopping us. <laughs> exactly right. Now the thing about John Eisner, I'm told, and and I can see myself, is that he's really tall. Always helped in tennis. Yeah, it really does. And so he's got this massive, consistent serve. And so he wins a lot of points in games, you know, with his massive Acing. serve. Acing people? Basically. Yeah. Yep. Conversely, he doesn't have much of a running game around the court. Well, that's a lot of meat to carry around the, the tennis court. Exactly. You're not, not, not like small and zippy like some tennis players. Exactly. Exactly. And as a consequence, he doesn't break his opponent's serve much. So in tennis, what happens is he'll often win his, when he serves, but the opponent will win when they serve, and so it really comes down to tie breaks. Okay. 
and I wonder if that will have any impact on the story. Hmm. Well, spoiler alert, I'm sure it does. Because <laughs> it's the longest tennis match ever. Keep this in mind though, Dylan. John has served the fastest serve ever recorded in tennis. Okay. It's 253 yeah, kilometers per hour. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I think that seems really pretty bad, doesn't it? That, I think that's accurate. Anyway. That's it, That seems insanely fast. Like, if you had put your racket up to that, it seems like it would just go through it. I want to check that now. Reading that out, I'm like, that does seem really big. That's extremely fast. I Yeah, I need a fact check on that, I think. Okay, okay. Getting there. Okay, you better hurry up because I am. Yeah, John Eisner holds the ATP's official record for the fastest serve at 253 kilometers per hour. So was this during a match or was he just doing it for the world record books? Or I think during a match. So Holy there crap. is other serves... Because um, there are some older tournaments that aren't counted officially. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Sam Groth, who's an Australian tennis player, he recorded a serve of 263 kilometers per hour, but that was at a different event. Mm. And they've got different ways of measuring it. But, jeez, it's pretty good, eh? No, mate, imagine me on the receiving end of it. Jeez, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the other thing about John is that he sort of talked about as if he's the best um, American male tennis player since Andy Roddick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andy Roddick does get a bit of play later in this tale as well, so oh, keep your ears right. peeled. I'll try. <laughs> uh, now, Nicolas Maut. I'm not sure I'm saying his name correctly. He's French, so... Nicolas? Nicolas Maut. I think... I'm not sure they say the Mahout, like I've been saying. Sorry about that. Ah, okay. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, Nicolas is uh, French... He's a bit older than John. Um, he was a bit of a star player as a kid. He won the Wimbledon Boys Singles in 2000 and some other fairly prominent junior comps. And, and playing forever, basically. Prodigy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's got a pretty good record in singles. He's ranked as high as 37. But he's, he's real claim to fame is in doubles. Oh, he's actually okay. won the career Grand Slam in doubles, which means he's won over his whole career. He won every Grand Slam in doubles, you know? Oh shit! Yeah, okay. That's um, there's more than you and I have, Dylan. At the moment, see what happens. There's still time. Oh yeah. I mean, but that's—I guess that's our choice. We could do it if we wanted to, couldn't we? If we wanted one day become professional tennis players and win doubles, we would. Yeah, if we so choose to flick that switch. Yeah. Now, as Wikipedia tells me, he's got a first serve that quote puts his opponent out of position. Mm, so okay. another good serve. That, that's what you want in tennis. Yes, yes. And like he's he's pretty tall from from what I can see, but he's got a bit more of the serve and volley style, which means he runs around the court a bit more. Um, and there are some reports I saw said that he might have been a really dangerous player in like an earlier era with his style of play, but he sort of came to prominence in the two thousands when the big hitters like Federer and Nadal yeah. came came into um, their own. So he never really threatened the top ten in that sense, but. He still made eleven million bucks in prize money, Dylan. So I think he's doing all right. Yeah, no, that's yeah, bringing home some bread. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia doesn't tell me if he's got siblings or whether Ken Jeong went to his high school. So we'll just have to imagine that. <laughs> Fair enough. The tournament. John was seated, but Nicholas couldn't get in, um, so he had to win a pre-tournament to um, get the wild card. Yeah. Right. In Wimbledon at this time, you had the first four sets you play tiebreakers if there's if you're tied. Um, so, in other words, if you have six games each, then it's the first of seven points after that, and then you you win seven six the set. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be two ahead as well. However, at this um, period in Wimbledon, if the fifth set is tied, you had to play until someone is ahead by two games, not just by two points. Is that is that clear to you? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, if it, if you're not sure about tennis or the rules don't make sense, just imagine they're playing a really long match, and then that's what happened basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll lay out the gameplay for you, Dylan. Okay. First set goes to John six games to four. That's the regular tennis result. Mm-hmm. Nicholas comes back and takes the second set six three again. Happy days. That's just what happens in tennis. Oh yeah. Things get a bit more interesting next set. It's a tie break to Nicolas, our boy. Mm-hmm. 
but Johnny comes back strong and evens it up in the fourth set in another tiebreaker. So, going into the fifth set, we're all tied up. Was your um your famous tennis match this exciting, Dylan? Uh, probably not as, probably just shy of. Just shy of, okay. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you know it, this fifth set goes to a tiebreak as well. And, oh, by the way, I don't have to mention, it's actually the first match of the whole tournament. So, you know, oh, not like, yeah, we're, <laughs> first day. Starting off strong. As we know, you have to be ahead by two whole games, not just the regular first to seven head by two points. Yeah. I want your best guess, Dylan, on how long this match went for. I mentioned it's over three days, but they're not playing for whole you know, 72 hours. It's a bit less than that. Um, I'll give you some guidance before you have a guess, though. That's helpful for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 40 hours. <laughs> the regular tennis match goes for about 90 minutes for three sets and maybe about twice as long for five sets, okay? Mm. The longest match before 2010, um, they were all around six hours long. So I think 40 is a bit maybe overshot a bit. How well, long do you reckon you John Nicholas you know, battled out for? 30 hours. Okay, still a bit too too far. <laughs> Ten sleep. hours. Eleven hours and five minutes, Dylan. I was so close. No, you got there. Eleven whole hours across three whole days. And that final set took eight hours and eleven minutes. <laughs> More than a school day. Yeah. Right. So they had to stop at the end of the fourth set due to bad lights. That's the first day. Okay. So we'll come back tomorrow, finish it off. Um, and John Eisner had four match points he'd missed. Wouldn't you be kicking yourself if you missed four match points? Oh, yeah, you'd be spewing. So they come back next day. All right, we'll finish this off and then we'll get back with the tournament. They play all day, John. <laughs> and again, have to stop because it's bad. It gets too dark. Yeah, yeah. And apparently as the second day is ending, the crowd's yelling, we want more. We want more. How much more do you want, guys? It's been two whole days. And also, easy for them to say. I know, they're just saying. <laughs> so, Wikipedia again tells us that they were what they were doing on the the second night, so the night before the third and final day. Yeah. Eisner. He has a recovery shake, which I think means like a milkshake or something. Or it could have just been a shake of his whole body. <laughs> sure, yeah. Shake it off, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where Taylor got the um, the inspiration for a song. Who? Taylor Swift. Who's that? Okay, mate. <laughs> Come on. And he also had an ice bath, which um, you'd want that after two full days in the sun playing tennis, I imagine. Oh, definitely. Always That's how you end your tournaments, right? Oh, yeah, mate, yeah. You know me. Um, and then... Andy Roddick is also said to have brought him, uh, bought him and his coach some takeaway food, including three boxes of pizza, 
all sorts of chicken and mashed potatoes. I've got some questions about this, Dylan. What, what questions do you have, Lonnie? It's unclear to me what relationship Andy Roddick has with these people. <laughs> Does he know that? Like, he probably knows them, but it, like, are they friends? Is he hanging with them? Is he part of the, like, the, the crew, the entourage? Or was he just there and was like, just sent some food for them? I've got no idea. I mean, yeah, maybe it maybe it's just a fan and well-wisher. I guess so, but like, why send takeaway? Like, isn't he a professional athlete who's played two full days? Like, yeah, I guess he maybe wants to bring up his calories or something. But oh mm, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. Well, Eisner comfort. <laughs> maybe Eisner on his part said that he could have eaten twelve Big Macs, but I, I guess Andy didn't get that order, did he? So <laughs> yeah, no. But, uh, you know, 20 helpings of mashed potatoes, I'm sure just as good. What does all sorts of chicken mean as well? What does that mean, Dylan? I'm assuming it's like uh, fried, maybe a bit of uh, Kentucky fried, yeah. possibly. Maybe some grilled chicken. Maybe some red rooster. Oh, maybe some Oporto. Oh, you yeah. Know? Maybe some Nando's, cheeky Nando's. Cheeky Nando's. Oh, yeah. Um, so he does. That's actually say Wikipedia where they ate the food. It's just that anybody can send it to him. So. I don't know, but it does say that he was drinking coconut water. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I wonder as well, maybe Andy, like, ordered it, hoping they wouldn't actually, like, do a big order. Mm. Imagine they won't eat it at all, and he's like, oh, I'll have the rest, I guess, then. He's not going to have it. <laughs> you got to watch him. Andy Roddick, you got to watch him. Bit cheeky. Bit cheeky. Bit sneaky, bit cheeky. Now, we don't know... Um, Nicholas's order, or at least it wasn't on Wikipedia, and we don't know if Andy sent them any food, so, you know, <laughs> playing favourites. You're obsessed with this, <laughs> Just such a weird detail, Dylan. Um, but we do know they both didn't sleep much, and Nicholas um, had a massage in a nice bath. Maybe Andy sent the ice? I don't, I don't know. Stop. Maybe Andy was the masseuse. <laughs> oh, hello. Hands on. Now, what do you reckon is going through their heads on this second night, Dylan? They've spent two whole days playing tennis and they just can't win. What do you reckon? Fuck, I don't want to play tennis anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Kill me, that's what they're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, had to end eventually, though. So, yeah. 24th of June, three days in, um, seems they, they trade some sort of kill, almost killer blows, almost get there. Um, but after... 67 minutes, we have a winner. <gasps> Who do you think it was, Dylan? Was it an all-American power hitter or was it the graceful and nifty Frenchman? Well, I love the, the powerful characters and everything, so I'm going to go with the strong boy. Yeah. Well, I have to report that the winner of the longest tennis match ever was John Eisner. Oh, my goodness, Lonnie. He won 70 games to 68 in that final set. He bloody did it. He did it. The legend. Now, this but... game, Dylan, it was so long that the scoreboard couldn't keep up. Oh, no. I'm just going to read this from Wikipedia straight because it's just so funny. <laughs> IBM programmers said it was not. It was only programmed, the scoreboard, to go to 47-47. <laughs> so that they had to fix it the next night online scoreboard at the official website lasted slightly longer. It was reset at 50-50. So users were asked to please add 50 to the Eisenhower <laughs> game score. Uh, an IBM programmer worked on a hotfix for the scoring system until 11.45pm to accommodate the match's scores for the next day. Although, this is the, into the final day, although it would have again malfunctioned and had the match gone beyond 25 more games. That just amazes me that the scoreboard couldn't even keep up, but also that I don't understand how computers and scoreboards work, but wouldn't you just have it indefinitely? Why is there even a limit, you know? So it was like, like at the actual place, they were using a, a computer one. It wasn't like a, a flip board sort of situation. Yeah, it's one of those, um, yeah, it's an electronic scoreboard. Oh, okay. Yeah, that confused me also then. I like guess it's... they have to. I mean, why would you bother, I suppose, is the, is the one question, if you just have to set it to a standard score. But yeah, weird to me. Yeah, just write some new code or something. I love the right. idea of the guys being up all night, being like, how long are they guys going to play for? 
Can't we just end it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so what happens next, I hear you ask? What happens next? Well, what prize would you want for being part of, like, the most historic tennis match of all time, Dylan? A million dollars. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, would you want a crystal bowl and some champagne flutes? I wouldn't turn it down. Um, okay. I'd also like a sponsorship to come out of it, surely. Yeah, well... Well, first of all, they got the crystal ball and the flutes from the All England Club, who are a tennis organisation that runs Wimbledon. Okay. I wonder if that's something they just, like, looked around the room. What do we have here? <laughs> just swipe some champagne flutes from the table. <laughs> just did the display room, yeah. Um, so Nicholas, he's a good boy. He donated some memorabilia uh, to the International Tennis Hall of Fame Museum. Um, it doesn't say if John did the same. Maybe not. Well, you'd want the winners' stuff more than the losers. Yeah. So. I think what maybe he donated the pizza boxes that Andy Roddick sent him. <laughs> Lonnie, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unhealthy obsession at this point. <laughs> um, what kind of stuff do you donate? Like the sweatband and racket? Or... I think it was on his clothes, yeah. Grace? Yeah. And so if it you... ever goes, I think it's in, um, it's in America somewhere. I think... I want to say Long Island, but I'm not sure if I remember that correctly. But somewhere, maybe Rhode Island. One of the islands in America. So three days of tennis, those clothes would be pungent. Oh, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. Now, there's a tournament. It's a knockout. So Nick, obviously Nicholas gets to, you know, relax for, for a while. Nicholas gets sent on his ass. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. But John plays the next day. <laughs> oh, no, John. Did he lose? Well, you do get a break. They're just like, because yeah, normally the tournament's set out so that you can, you play one day, have a few days break. He's played for three well, days. So the other guys are waiting up. around being like, come on, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but would you believe this game is also pretty historic because it's one of the historically shortest matches in Wimbledon's history? <laughs> Did John get just decimated? Yeah. He, yeah. Um, he's cooked, basically. Yeah, of course, as you would be. Um so he's also supposed to play some more doubles in the tournament because mm. um, they sort of do that because it's not as intense. But he's like, I can't play. I've got blisters. Like, yeah, I'm sure you do, man. Yeah, I'm sure that's the whole soul of your footage is one big blister. I get blisters just walking around the office sometimes. So yeah. I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he was happy to have time off because obviously that's a huge, it's a huge mental burden as well as a physical burden, I think, playing tennis. And also like... For almost two days, two and a bit days, they're like, I just got to win a few more points and I'll this will be over, but they just couldn't do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nicholas, he did play some doubles, but they, they got postponed, um, I think, well, obviously because of the, the long tournament and then didn't really get very far in the tournament. So, yeah. Oh. Have the boys met ever again in tennis court? I hear you ask. <laughs> Have the boys ever met again? On the tennis court, Lonnie. <laughs> well, yes. In Perth, all places, in 2011. So not too long later. Um, and then, would you believe it, in the 2011 Wimbledon, yeah. they play each other the first mat- in the first round again. Oh, no. Apparently, the mean? odds of them meeting were 1 in 142. I have to wonder if maybe Wimbledon oh. organisers you know, tip the scales there a bit. I think there's a bit of a cheeky... Uh... Cheeky um, balance swapping, I reckon. You reckon? Uh, especially if it's the year after. Keep that hype going. Yeah, you want people to come back and, you know, hopefully yeah. it goes for a long time again. Like, it's, you know, yeah. a good story. Rematch of the century. All yeah, that but maybe it just happened. Who knows? Well, we'll never know. Uh, after a report that John, he won both these games pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Unsure if Andy Roddick was involved in sending any food. <laughs> I- I think that's my last any erotic reference in my notes, but we'll see. <laughs> I guarantee it's not. That's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a famous match. Um, people still talk about it. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm no tennis expert. I watch it, you know, every now and then, especially when Sinead's around because she she loves tennis. Yeah, yeah. You're into the Australian Open, all that sort of jazz. Yeah, I watch a bit of that. Um, yeah. I didn't watch it this year because of, of that work and stuff, but because normally it's uh, it's, you know, in January, so it's you know a bit more chilly. Got time to watch it this year. It was a bit later because of um, COVID-related issues. 
Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, but you know, you like you'd understand. There's that whole Federer, Nadal, Djokovic stranglehold that's been on the game for about fifteen years or so now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this game would have been cool any time, longest game ever. But it was kind of seen as something different, I think, just because you know, different than the same three guys winning everything all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I can understand that. So last year it was the the ten year anniversary, um, and a guy called Steve Tignall wrote about this. He um, talked about how people all around the world stopped to watch it as it unfolded. And I, I remember this happening. I was like, you know, on the news, it was like, there's a tennis match going along. I was like, that's weird, but okay. He reports, you know, crowds got really huge. And I watched some of this and the, the crowd is pretty big by the end of it because they're wanting to, you know, watch this historic event. Yeah, yeah. Especially for a first round match between two unknown players, you know. Virtually, yeah, yeah. He mentions that to Steve. He says that it wasn't a very good match in a lot of ways, <laughs> but it had so much heart. Wow. He says, I just never heard wasn't the most thrilling tennis match ever, but it's one of the greatest ever because for a longer period of time than any other, it represented what's at the heart of every tennis match and of every sport, the fight. Yeah, the determination to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, they were, had all these plans to um, celebrate the 10-year anniversary last year, but they got scuppered, um, mainly because of the fact that Wimbledon wasn't even on because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, I think they, they caught up online and released the videos. That's pretty good. And they're, they're actually good mates. That's good. Okay. Well, that has been... Um, who, he, Nicholas, our, our mate, he said that he kind of fell into depression after the match because oh. he lost it as well. That would be really shocking. Um, wow. Yeah. And he received a bad back injury during it. So, yeah, yes. I imagine that. Uh, Andy Samberg gets oh, a ride okay. in this story. Okay. Because he was in a movie inspired by this. Um, have you seen it? It's called Seven Days in Hell. Oh, okay. No, I don't think I have seen it. No, no. It was kind of like a TV special for HBO. Um, and it's like a, a mockumentary about this um, tennis player called Andy, Andy Samberg plays. Um, he's just a wild boy playing against this sort of um, Kit Harrington, who plays a kind of straight-laced Englishman. Oh yeah, and it, it's very it's very quirky and funny and over the top. And it's it's very it's a bit rude and crude, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> Our boy Andy, he's known for that. That's he is. And it only goes for forty five minutes, so just yeah, get around it. Pretty funny. Okay. But if you want to watch the whole match of Eisner and Mahooch, you can. <gasps> All eleven hours are now on YouTube. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> let, me, uh, let me let me have a quick look. Yeah. You gonna have a look it up? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's the first my heart. There it is. Yeah, right. By the official Wimbledon channel. There you go. Yeah, I think they they put it up last year in in celebration. Yeah. So eleven months ago, yeah, five hundred and twenty nine k views. There you go. It's a lot, eh? For an eleven hour video, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched some of it. And I, I sort of flicked through it a bit, and like, yep, they're still playing. Oh, yeah. Seven hours in, they're going. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I watched the end as well to actually see how it finished up. It was pretty um, pretty amazing. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. There's a funny comment on there from um, a user called Andy S. He said, yeah. I watch this whole match every morning to get pumped for the day. <laughs> 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 I think you might find some silly buggers there, Andy. Oh, goodness. Do you man. think it might be Andy... Ronnie? Stop. Don't. My God. Fucking I didn't plan that one. <laughs> just came to me doing it. <sighs> no. Are you glad I didn't make you watch this for, for the episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, thank you. Imagine if I just said, hey, watch this video for us, please, and then... <laughs> yeah. Well, I just got, a, just got a, a YouTube video for you this yeah, week, mate. No, nothing, nothing big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I was thinking through it and like it gets about nine hours in and I'm like, you know, they're playing for two days. I think they could still beat me. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but they were they're definitely good. getting sloppy at the end though compared to what they were previously doing, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, they, 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 were, they were cooked by the end of it. But, you know, oh, yeah. they still wanted to win and that's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mentioned, you know, to their credit, the fellas are actually good mates. I think... That's not something that's assured in this sort of event. You know, they could have become rivals. They could have hated each other for it, but they, mm. you know, you're tied to this guy forever because of this accidental, you know, world record that you've, you've achieved together. Yeah. 
uh, the match, it has pretty much every world record in tennis. I was going to read them out, but like, just imagine most games, obviously. Most aces, yes. Most points in a match, obviously. Um, the most ma- most points by a losing player. Well, of course, because that's, <laughs> that's the longest match ever. Yeah. Um, but to put it in perspective, like I mentioned, you know, how long a regular match is. But in the 2009 um, Wimbledon, Serena Williams played for less than 10 hours over a whole tournament. <laughs> and, and this game, is this match is 11 hours. Yeah, it really puts it in perspective when you think yeah. about it like that. Yeah. And like, obviously women play, they play fewer sets and also she's like, you know, a, a giant. So she comes in and just smashes the opponents. But still, <laughs> weird to think about it, hey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dylan. I can hear this on the tip of your tongue. You're saying... Can this still happen? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. On it. Well, almost no. Ah, so they changed the rules, have they? I'm they sure. changed the rules. I think every um, tournament, apart from the French Open, has you know the rules that sort of prevent this from happening. So maybe it'll happen yeah. in France sometime. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Wimbledon brought in a rule in 2019. <laughs> so they weren't um, quick about it. <laughs> So they the final set tie breaks are introduced after both have reached t- twelve games. So yeah, okay. they'll still do it for a little bit, but then after twelve, you gotta yeah, watch out. Wrap it up, boys. Yeah. Now, why did this happen in only twenty nineteen? Well, in twenty eighteen, there was another really long match. So they were like, "All right, we should change this now." Dylan. Okay. How long did that match go for? Well, have a guess who played in the match first up. Is it Johnny Boy? Johnny's there, and he was joined by none other than Kevin Anderson. Who's that? Uh, he was, is a player from South Africa. Oh, okay. Sure. It wasn't Nicholas. Is that, that's, that's the joke there. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, still, having one of the guys back is pretty good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, in this game, I went for a, it's a match I went for six and a half hours. Still long. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Come back to me if it's ten hours, boys. Yeah, bloody hell. Once you hit the double digits, we'll yeah. we'll take interest. But six, come on, <laughs> mate. Um, so Dylan, is there a point to this story? I hope so. Well, not really. Oh, <laughs> it's um just a story about something kind of weird that and kind of cool, you know. Well, you know what. That's fair enough. And it was if it was important enough for you to bring on this podcast of ours, Lonnie, then I think that was the point of it. Thanks, Dylan. I think, you know, our idea on this podcast is to do the topics that no one else will do. And I think you've succeeded in this one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, I, yeah, just the idea of these guys going there off to play tennis, the fact that they can they play tennis with Evelyn is, is pretty awesome in the first place. Yeah. And then just by accident, they get involved in a world record. I think that's just very, very cool. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you have any final thoughts about this really long tennis match, Dylan? No, too long. Too long. There should have been a mercy rule at some point, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, or at least, uh, I know it's a tournament, but like, give the boys some rest between games. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well... Maybe one day we'll see something like this ever again, but probably not. No, because they've changed the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And good on them. Good work, Nicholas. Good work, John. Good work, Dylan. <laughs> now, for our segment called Get Amongst It. Get, get amongst it. Get amongst it. Get, get amongst it. Get amongst it. See, we don't need a theme song. We just sing something every week. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, what I am going to tell you to get amongst this week, Dylan, is something I thought I'd already mentioned to you, but apparently not. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, Dylan, why have you watched this yet? And you're like, yeah, I mentioned it to me. You're like, fair play. <laughs> okay. It is called Why You Like This. It's a new televisual comedy, Australian. It's available on iView down here, but it's on Netflix. Um, I think soon or maybe by the time this goes out, it will be on Netflix around the world. So... Yeah, keep an eye out for it. But it's really hilarious. It's an Australian um, sort of millennial take on the sort of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia style comedy about 
rude and crude people who are really awful and get involved in awful scenarios, but at the same time being really hilarious. Yeah, yeah, well, as I said to you, that's definitely out my alley because I love it's always fun. Well, good. And what I like about it is, like, it's taking aim at the right sort of people. They're poking fun at millennials and um, cancel culture and, like, trying to do the right thing and yeah, there's some... Um, issues about race and sexuality and just like it's a perfect show for 2021 i reckon hmm. and poking, poking fun at our people on millennials yeah but in a nice way okay That's... the best thing is that they're short episodes and only like six episodes so you can bust through it pretty quickly um i've also got a crush on penny just saying that i had to say it okay don't tell us the name but that's the case so that's out there now we can move on with our lives Get amongst it. Get amongst it. Get amongst it. <laughs> we definitely need a theme song for it. Uh, maybe a theme song is better than us just um, yeah. Yeah, gas bagging. Now, Dylan. Yes. We, that is you and I, we are on all the socials. Are you sure? Um, last time I checked, yes. Okay, okay. Fair and it would be really great if you could give us a follow on the socials. And if you... Get into your app, the podcast app that's listening to this right now, and give us a little sneaky review in a rating. <laughs> a little sneaky, cheeky review. That, that'd go all right. We'd call that. And get in touch. We'd love to hear from you, you know? Yeah, why not? And um, please tell your mate idea well. for a topic, fucking send it through. Why yeah. not? Do you like long things, you know? <laughs> don't tell me. That. No, don't. Could get out of hand. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, as always, to Mark Irons for our theme song. Mark the man, as always. Until next time, Dylan. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. Should have been the longest episode. We can keep going for a bit if you want. Just, just talk shit just to make the run time. Yeah. We'll okay. just put some dead air in. Okay. <laughs> Why not? We'll just leave it recording while we do our dishes and yeah, yeah. do some house chores. Yeah. That sounds good. Nah, just kidding. Okay. Bye. Oh, was that still going? <laughs> We're still recording, man. For as I'm long so as you scared. want. Nah. Oh, what, what? <laughs> I'm actually curious. What are the hours we're at there? Or minutes? Sorry. We're at 50 minutes. Yeah, we'd have to go for like another 20 to beat anyone. On nah. nah, stuff it. <laughs> Next time. Maybe. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.